Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend JFK Mensah, a seasoned Bible teacher with over 40 years of ministry experience. He is a pastor, a church planter, a missionary, and an international conference speaker. He is passionate about making Christ-like disciples worldwide. JFK Mensah is the General Overseer of Great Commission Church International. May you be transformed as you listen to the Word of God. Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about hearing God for yourself in this 21st century. Lord, my prayer is that by the end of today, you will give each child of yours a conviction that they will pursue hearing you for themselves all the days of their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, this evening, I want to go straight into addressing the topic why it is important to hear God for yourself in this 21st century. Now, after that, I will give some period for two, three people to share their personal testimonies. And then I might share with you my own journey in hearing God for myself, and we open up for questions. So, here we go. Why? Why is it critical to hear God for yourself, particularly in this 21st century? My first answer is negative because of counterfeits, because of false and deceptive spirits. We live in days when Jesus warned us in Matthew 24, 24, that there will be false Christs, false prophets, and they will do great miracles and signs, if possible, to deceive the very elect. First John 4, 1. He says, Beloved, don't believe every spirit. Test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Then, Revelations 2, 2 speaks about false apostles. Second Peter chapter 2 verse 1 speaks about false teachers. Then in Second Corinthians chapter 11 from verse 13 to 15, the Bible says the devil himself changes himself to become an angel of light and his workers to do the same. So there are false workers who pretend they are angels of light, but they are actually workers for the devil. So we have false gospel, Galatians chapter 1 from verse 7. We have false shepherds. And we also have deceitful doctrines of demons. First Timothy chapter 4 from verse 1 to 3. So we are to test the spirits. We are to test character. We are to test ministries. We are to test 
even the individuals we work with. In fact, First Thessalonians chapter 5 from verse 19 to 21, he says we should test all things. Jesus said in Matthew 7 from verse 15 to 20 that by their fruits you will know them. So the first reason why it is important in this 21st century to hear God clearly for yourself is because of the false, the counterfeit, the satanic and demonic spirits, ministries, people, characters that are operating. You are not safe if you can't hear God for yourself. Number two is your intimacy and friendship with God depends on how clearly you can hear him. Jesus said in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. Now, if you cannot hear Jesus clearly, if you cannot hear the Holy Spirit clearly, if you cannot hear your father's voice clearly, how are you going to obey him concisely and please him? Because Jesus said in John 14, verse 15, 21, 23, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Anyone who loves me will obey my commandments. Now, you can't hear God clearly. How are you going to obey so, that is the second major reason. Your intimacy with God, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, increases when you are able to hear him clearly. Number three, your personal ministry grows and matures when you can hear God clearly. Look at Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter 3. When he didn't know the Lord, God came three times and stood and said, Samuel, Samuel. And he ran to Eli and said, you called me. And Eli said, I didn't call you. So he went back. But the third time, Eli saw that God was calling him. And he said, if you hear the calling again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And immediately he did that. He saw that God started speaking to him. And he became established as a prophet in the whole Israel because God was speaking to him. Your ministry changes as an evangelist, a pastor, a Bible teacher, a prophet, and an apostle. The moment you can hear God clearly for yourself. Because you are able to carry on ministry hand in hand with God. Jesus said in John 5.17, My father is working still till today. And I'm also working. He said in John 5.19, The son can of himself do nothing of himself. What he sees the father doing, that's exactly what he does. And the father shows the son what he's doing so that the son can also do the same. He said in John 5.30, I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I don't seek my own will, but the will of my father who is in heaven. So, the third reason you need to hear God clearly for yourself in this 21st century is for ministry. To serve God alongside 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9. It says that we are workers together with God. How can you be working together with God and not hear him clearly? 2 Corinthians 6.1 he says, we are laborers together with God. 
Mark 16:20. He says, they went and preached everywhere, and the Lord was working with them, confirming the word with signs following. So if you are in ministry, and you are working together with God, you must hear God clearly for yourself. Then you can work together. You can do what God is doing. Number four is to become more and more Christ-like. You need to hear God clearly for yourself. Because Jesus said in John 6.38, I came from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of my Father who sent me. John 12.48-50, to 50, he said that the Father who sent me gave me commandment what to say and how to say it. So, you are working to become more and more like Jesus. In your desire to be intimate with God and to become more like Jesus, you need to hear God clearly for yourself. You need to have encounters with God. God must speak to you through dreams, visions, audible voice, impressions, and convictions of your spirit, the inner witness, you in trance and you have interactive, you know, dreams and visions. God speaks to you through the word of God. So in doing that, you begin to become more and more like Jesus. Because that is exactly how God dealt with Jesus when he was on earth. Probably the last one I want to advance quite you need to hear God clearly for yourself is because of who God is to you. James chapter 1 verse 5 says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God. He gives freely. God is the only wise God. Romans sixteen twenty seven. So, if you need wisdom as a child of God, you need to go to God, then he'll give you wisdom. He'll give you understanding. He'll give you knowledge. Not only that, if God is your father and he doesn't talk to you, what kind of father is that? You see, Galatians 4, 6 and 7, he says that because we are children, of God. God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. The spirit is witnessing with our spirit that we are children of God. If God is your father and he doesn't speak to you, then what kind of father is that? If God disciplines you, Hebrews chapter 12 from verse 5 all the way to verse 12. If God disciplines you, but does not tell you why he is disciplining you, what kind of father is that? The Bible says Jesus calls us his friends and his brothers. John chapter 15, from verse 13 to 15, he says, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. Because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. You are my friends. If you are Jesus' friend and he doesn't talk to you, what kind of friendship is that? He said in John 20, 17, go and tell my brothers that I'm going to my father and your father. I'm going to my God and your God. If he is our brother and he doesn't talk to us, what kind of brother is that? Not only that, the Bible says we are the bride of Christ. We are Jesus' wives. Ephesians 5, 25 to 27. 
and Second Corinthians eleven three. If we are the bride of Christ, you are going to marry a girl. You don't talk to her. Will it work? So, this is it. Jesus himself says, he is the true vine. John 15 from verse 1 to 4. We are the branches. A tree and a branch. If Jesus doesn't communicate with us, what type of branch is that? Then Romans chapter 8, verse 16 and 17 says that if, if we cry, Abba, Father, it shows that we are heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus, provided we suffer with him so that we can reign with him. If you have somebody who is going to inherit you, you don't talk to the person. Is it reasonable? So the Bible says in First John 1, 3, that our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son. In fact, First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9 says, we have been called to fellowship, to share our lives with Jesus Christ. And when God originally created man, he created us in his image and his likeness and put all things under our feet. That's Genesis 1. 26 to 28 and Psalm 8 verse 6 God made us stewards of what he has created so that he can be talking with us. If you put me in charge of your taxi it means you want to be talking with me because I am in charge of your property. So if we are stewards of God then he must talk to us. Jesus said in John 14 26 that the Holy Spirit will teach us all things and bring to our remembrance the things he has said to us. What teacher is there who doesn't talk to his students? Can you imagine? You see, he is our teacher. John 16, 13 says the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth and show us things to come. So what teacher is there? He doesn't communicate. He is a guide He's showing us the things. How can he do that? Romans 8, 26, 27. He says, we don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit helps us in our weakness. How can he be our intercessor if he doesn't communicate with us? Every day we greet one another that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us. So, fellowship of the Holy Spirit, if there is no communication, how can we fellowship with the Holy Spirit? So, even from the Old Testament, God himself promised to talk to us. Isaiah 30, verse 21, he says that our ears will hear a voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it. When you stray to the right or to the left. And Psalm 32, verse 8 and 9, he says, I will guide you with my eye upon you. Don't be stubborn. And all the, 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 the New Testament we are told that God so loves us. How can you love somebody and you don't communicate with the person? I think this is enough proof. First Peter 2, 5 and 9. He says we are a holy priesthood. We are a royal priesthood. And Jesus is the high priest. So the high priest, won't he talk and communicate with the other priests, First Peter 5, 4, he says, we are shepherds and Jesus is the chief shepherd. So the chief shepherd, won't he talk with the other shepherds? Therefore, the, the Bible is too clear that God spoke to Adam and if God spoke to Cain, even after he killed his brother, before and after he killed his brother, God spoke to Noah, gave him specific direction for the ark, 
God spoke to Abraham. God spoke to uh, uh, Moses, giving him specific instructions about the ark of God. God spoke to David. God spoke to Hosea, Malachi. Uh, you name them, Isaiah, Jeremiah. God spoke to them. And in the New Testament too, we see God speaking to Peter. He spoke to Paul. He spoke, God was speaking all the time. God spoke to Ananias. God speaks. God made the mouth. He made the ears. He is not dumb. Let me quickly run through some of the channels, methods God uses to speak to us. Number one, he speaks to us through the Bible. Luke 24, 32. The disciples on the way to Emmaus were saying, did not our hearts burn within us while he opened the scriptures to us? As you read the Bible, certain verses, certain phrases, certain words jump up and slap you. And burn on your heart. That's one. Number two, God speaks through dreams. Genesis 20 verse 3. God came to Abimelech in a dream. And we have basically three types of dreams. The normal dream in which you see yourself doing normal things. The vision in a dream in which you see supernatural things happening in the dream. Then the interactive dream, where, like the one I've mentioned, God came to Abimelech and told him, you are a dead man, you have taken somebody's wife. And Abimelech answered in the dream that the man told me is the sister. The woman said he's the brother. That's why. And The example of Solomon, God came to Solomon in the night and said, ask whatever you want. And Solomon asked if that type of dream is interactive. Then visions. God speaks to us through visions. Genesis 15, 1, God came to Abraham in a vision. God spoke to Jacob in a vision. Genesis 46, from verse 1 to 3. So God speaks through vision. And basically, we have the normal vision. When you close your eyes and see, it's a normal vision. Then we have the open vision. When your eyes are open and you see from the spiritual realm, like the angel who visited Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, from verse 1 to 5, is an open vision. The angel Gabriel, who came to Mary in Luke chapter 1, is an open vision. So, or the encounter Zacharias had in Luke chapter 1 with the angel is an open vision. Then we have trance. You are not sleeping but your senses are suspended for you to have an encounter with the spiritual realm. And you come back to yourself like you are waking up, but you didn't really sleep. That's what we call a trance. And Acts chapter 10 from verse 10 to verse 17 is a trance. So God speaks to us. He speaks to through our thoughts. There are words coming into your mind. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 13 says, words taught by the Holy Spirit. So sometimes he speaks through our mind. Then sometimes you hear the audible voice of God the Father, like Matthew chapter 3 verse 16 and 17. A voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. It's the audible voice from God the Father. Then we can have audible voice from the Lord Jesus. Acts chapter 9. When uh, 
Paul was met by Jesus, the resurrected Jesus on the road to Damascus, is audible voice, but it's from Jesus. Then we have the audible voice of the Holy Spirit, like Acts 10, 19 to 20. While Peter was thinking about the vision, the Holy Spirit said, three men are searching for you. Rise up, go with them, doubting nothing. I have sent them. Or Acts 13, verse 4. Well, 2 to 4. While they, they were praying and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work for which I have appointed them. Then we have what we also describe as the inner witness. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14 to 16, the Bible outlines that as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the children of God. And that when we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit witnesses to our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus. So, the inner witness is the knowing in your spirit that this is what the Holy Spirit is communicating. Now, most times God speaks to us through this inner witness. In Colossians 3.15, the Bible says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. It's a Greek word, brabuo. It means to serve as a referee or an umpire. If you think of traveling tomorrow and you have your peace, that settled quietness in your heart and your mind about the journey, it is an inner witness go. Then there is also the uneasiness inside you where you, you are feeling unsettled, a disquiet inside you when you think about doing something or you have just done something. That means no, this is wrong. So we call it the inner witness. Now, there are hundreds of ways that God communicates with us. Sometimes it is using your bodily sensations. I normally share a testimony one of our ladies shared that she started feeling this pain in the left breast. And she was like, what's going on? Then a woman came in and started describing her problem that she felt pain in her left breast and it was exactly the way she felt. So the Holy Spirit is using the physical body, its senses, to pass on a word of knowledge that somebody is coming to you and da, da, da. Then sometimes God speaks to us through our emotions. That feeling of joy, peace, flood of love is the Holy Spirit trying to communicate. Now, angelic visitations are in the Bible. Angels appear to human beings. So we shouldn't rule it out. We should put it as one of the points that you can have an encounter with an angel. You can have a visit from an angel. You can have a message from an angel. Now, that being so, we have times when our God speaks to us through our consciences. Romans chapter 9, verse 1, Paul says, I'm telling you the truth and my conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is witnessing together with my conscience. 
But what the conscience does is that it just says no, wrong, right, correct. It distinguishes between what is wrong and what is right. And we call it conviction. Or the Old Testament, 1 Samuel 24 verse 5, describes it that David's heart smote him. He was conscience-stricken. Then also, 2 Samuel chapter 24 verse 10 also tells us that when David counted Israel, he was conscience-stricken. So God can use our conscience also to speak to us. Now, that doesn't mean God doesn't speak through circumstances. God can use open and closed doors to talk to you. He just shuts the door. And that's enough. He doesn't have to say anything. And there are circumstances which make you see that, no, no, no. I'm hitting a wall. Sometimes God's answer is wait. Sometimes God's answer is no. Many times we don't want to accept no for an answer. So we try to use different ways to see whether we can twist God's arm. But the, the intimacy with God Friendship with God, which will cause you to grow in knowing him, is the greatest aim of God in his relationship with us. So, please keep that in mind. Um, I wanted to share a little of my journey with you. But... I'm also interested in taking up some more questions before we close. Uh, the bottom line is when God starts speaking to you, whether it's dreams, vision, hard sentences like Daniel chapter 5, many, many tekel ufasin, or whatever writings God just wants to catch your attention he wants a closer fellowship so when he reveals something to you and you don't understand God's language is get closer to me ask me wait upon me Psalm 46 verse 10 be still and know that I am God coming closer listening Having more time is what gives the Spirit of God the opportunity to explain what he has revealed to you in riddles. That's Numbers chapter 12 from verse 6 to 8. He says that when there is a prophet or prophetess among you, I speak to the person through dreams, visions, and hard sentences, riddles, that dark sentences. But Moses is faithful in all my house. I speak to him face to face. All God wants is when he reveals something to you and you don't understand, get closer. Spend more time before the Holy Spirit. And in your silence, solitude, meditation, that quietness, God's Spirit begins to speak in the still small voice of First uh, Kings chapter 19, from verse 12 all the way to verse 17. So, the basic is that one. I remember when we were in, we were pastoring in Okwe in the Volta region. One lady teacher received a spiritual gift of just writing nonsense things on paper. And she would write, 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 write after some time. It will stop. And there was a lady in the church. She would take this nonsense script and be giving us a message from the Lord, interpreting it for us. And we were like, whoa. 
So, anytime you are receiving such revelations, please know that God wants your attention. Draw closer. If you want to miss a meal or fast, ask him, what is the meaning of this? You are showing me these numbers. I don't understand. I want to know what you are communicating. Then it will pop up. So whether it's a song, God is speaking to you in a song, or he's speaking to you in tongues, First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 13 says, anyone who speaks in an unknown tongue should pray so that he will understand it. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Daddy. Of all the avenues that God can speak to you through, is it possible one won't be able to uh, notice any of the signs? And if if so, what what should you look out for? What should you do next, or what I can do so that just in case it happens next time, I will be able to identify it. Now that's my question. Okay. That's a great question. I can tell you my own experience. Uh, I used to complain that God doesn't speak to me. Then I started noticing certain things. Whenever you pray for an extended time, you begin to sense a closer presence of God. I remember complaining that, ah, this vision, vision, me, I don't see any visions. I dream, yes, when I'm sleeping. But as for vision, so one day I went out to pray, and I prayed, praying like four hours. Then I started seeing visions. And I said, oh, this is what they have been saying. And I went out in the night to pray. And the more I continued praying, the more I started seeing things. On one occasion, I even saw an angel going in front of me with a lantern. And I was like, wow. So one way is to deepen your prayer life. Number two, Work on your fasting life. You could decide like I'm missing one meal a week. Just so that I can hear God more clearly. I remember I took a 40 day fast. Uh, finally I was using fruits because I couldn't go all the way without food. But I had over 60 dreams during that period. And some were very pointed and came to pass. So that's the second. It's a gift. But 1 Corinthians 12, 31, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1 and verse 39, they all say that we should seek and earnestly desire these gifts and, you know, hearing God and all. If you, you have to pay a price, even though it's free. Number three is what we call silence and solitude. Definitely, when God is speaking, and your life is too noisy. You can't hear him above the noise. So for some of us, you need to put off the television, put off your, your mobile phone, put off your computer to have some space when you are quiet. You see, Psalm 36 verse 10 says, be still, know that I am God. Habakkuk 2.20 says, the Lord is in his holy temple. Let the whole earth be quiet, be silent before him. And Revelation chapter 8 verse 1 says there was silence in heaven for 30 minutes, half an hour. 
Exodus 14, 14. He says, be still, wait, and see what God will do. So, there is a way, because God speaks in a still, small voice. You have to be quiet to hear him. And some of the noise in our lives, our anxieties, our worries, our concerns, our bitterness and things, they, they are talking so loudly you can't hear God. And finally, James chapter 4, verse 8. I always thank God for that verse in the Bible. It says, draw near to God. He will draw near to you. So if you can't hear God at all, ask yourself whether you are so far away from him that he is talking, but you are not able to connect. And then find ways of getting closer. Normally, if you get closer, the voice becomes clearer. I was sharing yesterday with the church that Whenever I finish preaching, my wife sometimes will ask me, so did you receive this message also from God? And it used to bother me because, I mean, sometimes you are not even sure whether it's God who is speaking to you as a pastor. So I decided to pray longer. I found out that after praying for like four hours, you are very sure now of what the Holy Spirit is saying. And it, be, it moves from the area of just opinion, I think, to become a conviction you can be clear about. So draw near to God. He will draw near to you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Daddy. So I want to know, um, so when, okay, if you receive a dream or a prophetic word that does not um, tally with reality, okay, it doesn't come to pass. How do you respond to such a realization? How do you respond to a dream that doesn't come to pass or a prophetic word that doesn't come to pass? Yes, I want to know your response to that. Okay. Now, the first thing to know is that all revelations can come from one, God and his agents, two, Satan and his agents, three, the human spirit. So the psychologists tell us that on the average, we have 100 dreams every night. So, you need to learn how to discern and distinguish between what revelation is from God, what is from Satan, and what is from your human spirit. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14 says, Solid food belongs to the mature, those who by practice have exercised their senses to discern between good and evil. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you can test and approve what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Then also 1 Corinthians 14, verse 29. It says, let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. This means that you need to grow in differentiating between who is speaking. That is one. I would advise you to use what I normally call confirmation. Confirmation means when you receive the revelation, pray and look out for 
a second witness to the revelation you have received. Jesus said in Matthew 18, from verse 15 to 20, that if your brother sin against you, go and tell the matter between him and yourself alone. There is no understanding. Take a witness. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, everything will be confirmed. So if God speaks to you through a dream, pray that, oh, Father, if it is you, I want you to confirm this by another means. He can use a vision, can use audible voice, he can use a friend just calling you out of the blue and saying the same thing. He can use different ways. But confirmation, that's important. Then, number three step is the scripture. The Bible is the only infallible and erring word of God. If you receive any revelation, test it by the Bible. Use the scripture to judge it. And if it is not in line with the Bible, kick it out. Because the same Holy Spirit who moved holy men to write the Bible, in 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21, cannot today speak or reveal something to you which contradicts the Bible he he moved holy people to write. Then, in addition to that, one of the areas which beats all of us is the timing. So, Isaiah seven fourteen says, Behold, the Lord will give you a sign. A virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. It took 700 years for that prophecy to come to pass. So, there are certain revelations, they are for the future. There are certain revelations that are conditional. So, it is important to seek the face of the Lord, to know the timing. Now, I used to laugh at myself about some of these things, that I had a three-day fast, and in the fast, I had a revelation that there was trouble brewing in one of the districts. I was the Volta Regional Pastor in the Volta Region of Ghana. And when I had that revelation, it was in a fast, and I believed it was from God. So immediately I broke the fast. I rushed to that place, the Afram Plains, across the Volta Lake to sort out the problem I had received from Revelation. And there was no problem there. I talked with the district pastor. I went to the the various towns, assemblies. There was absolutely no problem. So I came back feeling shy to to open up to anybody. So, you can have that. And I shared with them how we were in the university and we had very strong prophetic revelations. And one of them told us that we should go to the botanical gardens. And when we went, police came with tear gas, beat up students, some of them have been maimed since then. But, you know, as a result of that, we believed our prophetic messages. And then one day, another one came that by 1 p.m., the soldiers and police were coming to beat students on campus. And so we should warn the students, everybody should leave. So myself and another friend, We went from door to door in the university warning students that by 1 p.m. police and soldiers will come to beat up. 1 p.m. came, nobody came to the campus. 
2 p.m., 3 p.m. And as I speak now, that prophecy has not been fulfilled. So, please, I have a lot of stories in this arena. Just make sure when you receive a message, you test it enough and you ask for confirmation. Wait upon the Lord to to see what timing he is talking about and be sure. Um, one safeguard I have is the fruit of the Spirit. If you work on love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control in your life, it serves as a poisonous environment for false revelations. It's not that they cannot come, but if you have the love of God, if you have the peace of God, joy, and those things, that environment is not conducive for satanic revelations and deceit. It's very easy to spot and recognize him. Well, it's a very broad question. I hope I have touched the surface for you. Uh, my question is, uh, they have been saying that prophets or people change people's destiny, like some prophet will lay hand on you and change your destiny or swap your destiny. How true is it? Or sometimes maybe they see, they say they will see some blessings God revealed to them about your life, then they will swap it or they will change it. I want to know how true is that, please. No prophet or man of God can change your destiny. Romans chapter 11 verse 29 says the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. God told Jeremiah, Jeremiah 1, 5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you came from your mother's womb, I sanctified you and set you apart to be a prophet to the nations. No prophet on earth, no human being, man of God, can change your destiny. John 1, 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came to bear witness to the light. The true light which comes into the world was coming. John was not that light, but he came to bear witness. Galatians 1.15, Paul said, God set me apart from my mother's womb. No human being can change your destiny as far as the sovereign God is concerned. In fact, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 says, God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works he has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So to arrogate to yourself the right to change people's destinies is becoming too big in our shoes. But having said that, you yourself can behave in a way that will change your destiny, not because God has changed his call for you. Even the gifts he gives you, he does not regret giving you the gifts and calling. It is how you treat the gifts and calling that pains him. It's like your daddy buys a new pair of shoes for you and you wear them and the next day he sees that you left them in the rain outside and the rain beat them up. When he sees it, you know, it pains him that, ah, what me? The new shoes I bought for you, you left them outside and look at how the rain has destroyed the shoes. But 
It's not like a man of God lays hands on you, changes your destiny. You yourself can interfere with what God wants to do with you. It's in Jeremiah chapter 18 from 7 to 10. God says, if I plan good concerning a nation, to build it up and strengthen it, but that nation goes to sin before me. The good I plan, it will pain me and I'll change it. In the same way, if I plan evil against a nation and that nation repents, the evil I plan will pain me and I will change my mind on the issue. So within God's unchangeable plan is room for us to, you know, maneuver or navigate or neglect. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 14. He says, don't neglect the gift of God that is upon you. Second Timothy 1 7. He says, tear up the gift of God. So you can neglect the gift. First Corinthians 12 1. He says, concerning spiritual gifts, don't be ignorant. You can be ignorant about the gifts. Now, the part which men of God prophets of God can do is confirm and affirm the calling of God which is upon your life. In addition to that, they can pray with you and encourage you and lay hands on you. You can receive new gifts that help you to fulfill that call in line with what God has planned. Listen to Acts 13.2. He says, The Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have appointed them. And then the leaders of the church fasted with them, laid hands, and released them. So they could not change the destiny of Barnabas and Saul as the Holy Spirit had for them. But they could pray fast with them, lay hands and affirm them, encourage them, release them. That's it. And then she said that when you feel that, when, when, when you feel hello. Yes. In some way. And the very, very uncomfortable, but I'll be trying to get what is really happening, but I will not know it. And where exactly the thing is happening to, I will not know until the thing happens before I'll know that, wow, this is what is happening. So in this case, how do I solve this problem? What do I do? Well, my body becomes very warm. I'll be feeling uncomfortable. Even sometimes I shake Uh trying to get what is really happening. When when that happens, it means you need to grow the gift. Okay. You need to grow the gift. Because, for example, speaking in tongues has about eight different levels. When a known tongue comes, it's unknown. But that tongue can grow into singing in the spirit. It can grow into tongues with interpretation. It can grow into prophetic tongues. The same tongues can grow. So when God wants to use you in a certain way, the gift comes in a crude form. Just like gold or silver or diamond. They, they are gifts, but they come very crude. You have to polish them. You have to spend time refining them before the uh, smoky parts will be off. It's the same. So it's like God wants to give you a gift of vision. And you are seeing television screen with nothing on it. Every time you see a television screen, and it's just like 
before broadcast. There is nothing on it. It means you have the gift, but it's not, it's not grown. So you can't see the full mature picture. So you need to do a little more Bible reading, a little more intense praying, add a fast a week to it. As you do that, you begin to see that the gift comes clearer and clearer. Okay. So, so thank you very much. And God bless you. Follow JFK Mensa Ministries on Facebook and YouTube and invite others to listen to his podcast. You can also access some of JFK Mensa's books and keep up with his ministry at www.jfkmensaministries.org. God bless you.